All right, here we go. Uh, once again, we're back. We have friend of the show, Matthew Collar on. Uh, Matthew, my man, how you doing? How you been? You been up to anything lately? Anything going on? You know, everybody, when they ask me how I'm doing, they say it differently now. Like, are you okay, man? Like, how are you doing? Is how they say it. I'm doing okay. I'm doing great. Uh, coronavirus got me in terms of my job, but I'm staying safe and not letting it get me in terms of my health. And so I joined the millions and millions of other people by getting laid off because of coronavirus from my show, Purple Daily, which was on Score North. But, you know, these things happen. And I thought, bad break, but I also don't want to stop talking about Minnesota Vikings football. And I don't want to stop writing about it either. So let's get right back up on the horse. And that's exactly what I've been working on the last few days. Yeah, it really is a shame because uh, you were doing really good work. I might be a little biased. Uh, I had you on the show before. We obviously have talked before, but... You are definitely my favorite in terms of just the, the detail that you put in, the, the blending of the tape and the analytics, and just the work that you put into everything. So it was a shame, but yeah, we're here to talk not necessarily about what happened in the past, but uh, what are you working on now? What should, uh, what should the people be following to, to keep up with all the work that you're doing? Well, thank you. Uh, uh, right after uh, Score North you know, had to make some cuts, I jumped right into Purple Insider, which is my new newsletter slash website and uh, got started on that right away. And my plan is to bring all the same coverage there. So we're working on getting the podcast started. As you know, that usually takes a couple of days and everything uh, for it to get up on iTunes and everything else. But myself and ESPN's Courtney Cronin are very soon launching a podcast that we're going to be doing three days a week. I'm really excited about that. So if you liked the show, Purple Daily, it's going to be basically the same thing, same cast of characters. You're going to hear from Sage Rosenfels, who's on the show all the time, as my every other day co-host and things like that. So I'm trying to bring back all of that and do a lot of the same writing. You mentioned mixing the tape, the analytics, and all those different things, and trying to have a lot of fun with it, too. I mean, I think that's the best part about Vikings fans is um, sometimes they hate my ideas, but we always have fun discussing <laughs> them, right? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, if, if people go to purpleinsider.com, they can sign up there. Um, there is a free option for one article a week. There's a subscription option, too, where you get full access to everything I do. And if you want to follow it on Twitter, it's purple underscore insider. And honestly, man, the response has been unbelievable. Like, I moved, you know this, I moved here a few years ago to start covering the Vikings and didn't know what to expect from Minnesota fans. And I just can't say enough about how great they've been to me from day one, not just recently, but then for as many people to subscribe and jump on board, uh, I am feeling extremely hashtag blessed uh, over the last few days, to be honest, to be here in Minnesota. And it, it, it's such a funny thing because uh, so often like social media and Twitter in particular, uh, it's easy to to get caught up in the negativity that often swirls around there. Um, and yeah, like we would talk sometimes where like just things, people, like you say, they sometimes don't like the ideas and they get very personal and the attacks. And I think sometimes we can, um, you know, maybe get misguided in thinking like that represents a larger portion of the population than it really does. So it really is really, really dope to see the reception based near universally across the board for, for you know, the new work that you're going to be putting. Yeah, and I think, you know, people understand, too, at the end of the day, we're talking about football, and if I give you something to fight with me about online that, hey, that's good, right? Like, we should be talking about that. We shouldn't all agree 
on, you know, whether Kirk Cousins is good or not. Right? We should have that debate for every year that he's here because that's part of the reason we do this is to have opinions. And what's great about it is everybody on Twitter can have one and jump in. And, and I'm trying to make it sort of a community feel to what I'm doing as well with, you know, being in the comment sections and things like that. And I noticed now that my comment section is actually people being really nice. So keep doing that if you could. It's the, the first comment section of all time where everyone's nice. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I never take it personally when people want to disagree and argue because that's what we do here. And so it's part of the reason why I really, really wanted to con continue doing this, because I think there's nothing more fun than when you got a season going along and we got storylines going and we got debates going. I mean, there's a lot of energy to it. And I, I just I didn't want to go do anything else but cover the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So uh, your comment section is nice right now. I guess we'll see what happens when you drop your first Kirk Cousins article. Uh, I mean, is there going to be like a ratio? Like, is it going to be at least one article per week saying that Kirk Cousins is like not an elite quarterback? Like, how's that going to work for us when things get real? <laughs> well, I guess I deserve that um, from some of our past conversations. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of Kirk Cousins coverage for sure. And I, I'm working on an article right now breaking down how Kirk Cousins matches up against every other quarterback on the schedule and what I think at least they've done in the off season is that they have continued to give Kirk Cousins, I know Stefan Diggs is not here, but continued to work on giving him more weapons with bringing in Justin Jefferson. And then with last year's draft and the way Irv Smith played in the first year, having him in the mix here going forward more so, uh, I, you know, I think that they can make up for the absence of Stefan Diggs. So it'll be really interesting to see how Kirk Cousins reacts, especially with a, you know drafting an offensive lineman, developing at least one of them in Drew Samia last year, possibly Ole Udo. I know I get questions about him all the time, but he is really uh, intriguing. So there's a, there's a lot to talk about because we know that Cousins and his supporting cast kind of and, and the system sort of all rely upon each other. Um, but he will never stop being one of the most interesting and debatable quarterbacks that there is because he's just good enough to get you there, but not quite good enough to carry you like a Patrick Mahomes. And that usually leaves the fan base um, fighting with each other for the entire time he's there, which, hey, I'm here for it. It's great content. And it, it, yeah, it's one of those interesting things about Kirk, especially last, last season with the, this, the ramping up of the play action and it's all those things that almost gave Kirk superpowers in certain places but then once we went up against like really good D lines it just didn't matter and then we were exposed so you mentioned some of the players that you know we talk about a lot you know Drew Samia, Oli Udo, generally just the offensive line overall because that is it seems in many ways this team's Achilles heel do you feel like we've done enough to get them to a place where they're not going to be great like we don't need a great offensive line do you think they're going to be okay? Do you think they're going to be average? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the additions or the guys that have been in the system and maybe are able to step up? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think it's fascinating that this fan base uh, knows more about every offensive lineman, every backup offensive lineman, every free agent offensive lineman than any other fan base in the entire NFL because this has been going on for so long. And uh, just to circle back a little bit, I, you know, I really – like studying all of those things that you mentioned about how the uh, different elements of an offense, a scheme, an offensive line, how they impact Kirk Cousins, um, because he does have the capability, as we saw, to go win a playoff game and take this team far. But all those things, it's like every action has a reaction with him. 
and uh, it's it's really fun and, and never-endingly interesting to look into. But to your question on the offensive line, I started writing down offensive line combinations the other day, and I came up with like a dozen of them. I mean, I, I really don't know, and that's not a thing that gets anybody excited, but there are opportunities to at least be better than last year. And if you consider that Kirk Cousins had a career year in quarterback rating, it was one of his best pro football focus grade years. He was way up there, I think top five or six in pro football focus grade. You know, if you look at it from that lens and he still didn't have very good pass protection, if you even improve to get to be an average offensive line with this scheme, this running game, assuming a Delvin Cook contract extension, then you have a chance to be a very, very good offense. But how they make that improvement, that's the question. Does Ezra Cleveland compete for a left guard job? Does he compete for a left tackle job? Do they consider moving Brian O'Neill to left tackle and starting Ole Udo at right tackle? And where does Drew Samia fit in all this? Fourth round pick last year, did not show much in training camp. But when he played in week 17, he looked like he could at least hold his own and continue to develop. So you know, it's up in the air, and without OTAs and mini camps, it's hard to get a feel for it going into training camp. Normally, by the time we start training camp, we've got a really good sense for where this might go. But in this case, once training camp it, it turns on, it's going to be a full-out war on that offensive line for spots. And I still think that the Vikings should add some sort of free agent, whether it's Coleccio Simile or if it's Josh Klein coming back. Um, that somebody should be mixed in. I know Larry Warford got released and everyone sent me eyeball emojis, which I appreciate. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's a very good scheme fit, but he can pass protect. And that's more than you could say for uh, Pat Elfline. So, you know, and even Elfline is still in the mix here. Last year was his first time ever playing guard. I think that that's a lost cause at this point. But there are a hundred different combinations and we won't really know until we go into training camp how that battle's going to work out and josh klein because that's one that was interesting and that was another one of those things like you say we get maybe a little bit more riled up than we should about all things related to the offensive line but i'm not gonna lie i was a bit surprised that josh klein was the one shown the door uh this offseason do you have any insight into to what led to to him because I mean, you could argue that he was our best interior offensive lineman last year so for him to be the one that uh, was cut for not really that big of a difference between maybe him and an elf line. Do you have any insight into why that went down the way that it did? So two theories. I mean, one would be his age and injury history uh, could be problematic. Um, the other one would be that they just really liked what they saw from Drew Samia, unless it wasn't entirely related to the salary cap, that they wanted to see where they were at after certain extensions are done possibly an Anthony Harris, possibly a Delvin Cook coming up here at some point soon. Um, they also, uh, Eric Wilson signed his uh, RFA deal. So that's a couple of million bucks in there. And they're really, you know, walking the tightrope of the salary cap. But I thought it was interesting that they left a couple of roster spots open after undrafted free agents. So they could possibly just bring him back on a lighter salary. Um, but it also might just speak to how they feel about someone like Drew Samia um, because, you know, last year Mike Zimmer said at the end of the year that he felt like some of those guys that they drafted had a redshirt year, and he liked what he saw from them in, in uh, practices and then in week 17 when they all got a chance to play. And then Rick Spielman reiterated that he really liked being able to see some of the offensive linemen, the younger guys, in week 17. So that kind of gives me the indication that they might have just felt like, you know what, we've got some younger bodies here, and Ezra Cleveland might be able to battle for a left guard spot. So 
we don't necessarily have to keep Josh Klein in the mix. Initially, it was surprising, but I think now that we look at it, it makes a little more sense. If they brought him back and had him battle for a spot on a one-year deal, I would also say that's probably a good idea just to have that extra potential depth if these guys don't step up in training camp. Yeah, you mentioned something, and I guess we maybe should have covered it a little bit earlier in the show, but you mentioned OTAs, training camp. With you now not being at Score North, you're now doing your own thing, like how's all that going to work for you? Are you still going to be doing all those things, having the same access, same kind of coverage you were giving us before? Yes, yes, same coverage exactly. Um, the Vikings let me know early on in the process and actually kind of inspired me to keep covering the team uh, by letting me know that I would continue to have a press credential. And so I'll have the same access as I had at Score North. That means, you know, inside the locker room every day. I hope everything has to go along with that. I hate it. Everything has to go with, I hope this happens. I hope there are fan in, fans in the stands. I hope that media is around TCO Performance Center. But uh, when everything is back to normal, yep, I'll be doing the, the same exact job. And, and that was, uh, I think, a first-class move on their part to let me know, hey, we know you, you've covered the team for a long time, we want you to continue to cover the team. And it meant a lot to me and really was a driving force for getting Purple Insider going. Yeah, so you mentioned something there, and this is a tongue-in-cheek question, I guess, but you know, fans in the stadium, no fans in the stadium. What, what were your thoughts uh, on, on you know, I guess the, the bit of clickbaity headline with, with Kirk and maybe it wouldn't be so bad to have fans not in the stadiums like, how did you feel about how all that went down? So, you know, I think now that we've gotten to know Kirk Cousins, uh, the media, his teammates, and the fans, you sort of come to expect things to be said where you go, I, I don't really know what he means by that, but sort of shrugs, right? Like, I'm not sure that he really thought that one over too closely. It was maybe just a sort of, maybe it was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek answer, or maybe it was just a, I'm looking for a silver lining type of thing. Like, hey, you know, it'll be kind of old school, like a high school practice out there these days. And that'll be kind of fun and different. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't take it too personally and say the fans should be outraged or anything else like that. Because I think every once in a while, Cousins will just say that. And I will also say about Kirk that when you're asked to talk all the time, you do a lot of interviews, you're at the podium every single week, there's always going to be times where you say something and it's taken out of context or you didn't mean it exactly that way, but that's how it came across. And, um, you know, it always ends up being a big headline because you're the quarterback and you said it. And so I'm not sure he's ever quite mastered the double talk type of thing. Sometimes he just goes kind of stream of consciousness and, and you go, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you'd want that one back or not. But I think if you're getting overly offended by that, you need to kind of just take a little step back remember that we shouldn't take some of these things as seriously. And I, if there's ever been a time in our lives where we could go, you know what, let's just make sure that we're not going crazy over little things like that. It, it's definitely now because there are a lot of uh, worse things going on in the world. Absolutely. And I will get you out of here on uh, one final question because you mentioned some of them again earlier. Um, who are some of the players, uh, if you had to, to name a sleeper, someone that we're not thinking about who's, you know, not a rookie. We've talked about all the rookies. You know, we're all excited. And every year we probably get more excited than we should about the rookie class and expect them all to come in and be all pros in the first year. But who, who's been kind of sneaking around the building a little while for a little while that the, uh, the team might like a little bit more than the fan base, right? 
You know, that's a really good question. I think that Armin Watts is the name that comes to mind right away for me. And I know that they got James Lynch in the draft and they feel like they can develop him as a three technique and you still have Shamar Steph in there. But Armin Watts got in a handful of games last year before getting hurt and really showed something with his power. And he might have an ability to get to the quarterback. He's a guy that just didn't get to play a whole heck of a lot at Arkansas until his final season. And then when he did, he really showed up. And so last year, we didn't expect him to get in the game at all. There were some injuries up front, and he made a very good impression. So I could see him playing a lot. And Ole Udo is definitely the other one, where we're not talking about him at all. Uh, I will tell you the truth about Week 17. I was watching the Packers and Detroit game more than anything because that meant something for the playoffs rather than the Vikings. But when I went back and looked at the tape, Ole Udo had a really good day, and uh, I think he could get himself in the mix. He's a guy that was a small college guy and has these crazy long arms, and he's athletic enough um, to, to you know, possibly compete for a position here. And, and so he's one of those that I would definitely look at too. And I, here's one I, I, I might be digging a little deep, but I really wonder if there's still a spot. For Chad Beebe, remember how much everyone was in love with Chad Beebe. Like, hey, don't forget about Chad Beebe. His issue has been staying healthy for sure. But if he is healthy, last year in training camp, he showed something. And I think they legitimately wanted him to be part of it. And, hey, you're always going to have injuries. Justin Jefferson's not taking over the entire role of Stephon Diggs. So a lot of people will have to be rotating in. If they go five, six deep and wide receivers, maybe he's a guy that, you know, surprises us. I don't know. Given the uh, tweet to – game snaps uh, ratio for one Chad Beebe. I don't know that we can let him in as, as a sleeper. But uh, <laughs> uh, as always, Matthew, uh, thank you so much for making time. Just before we go, uh, run it down for us again. Where are all the places that people can go to, to find all of your work? So you can go to purpleinsider.com. That's got the link to where you can subscribe. And if you don't have the money to spend a couple dollars a month, I totally understand. But there's also a free mailing list where you'll get in your email inbox the free articles that are unlocked i get to be one of those people that says that now that are unlocked uh but but yeah i mean so and also you'll get the podcast when it comes out with Courtney crone and i so you definitely want to do that so go to purpleinsider.com awesome well thank you so much matthew and uh yeah we will talk to you soon all right thanks for having me